Oh yes, well here we are again, and uh, of course now is the time to kick up with another interview, and, and I'm very pleased to welcome uh, Peter Wright. Now Peter Wright is with an organisation called 318. I must say, Peter, I'd never heard of 318, but I have heard a lot about safeguarding. But tell us first of all, how did how did the the organisation come into being? Um, yeah, thanks uh, for speaking to us today. Yeah, so we've actually been around for 40 years. Um, a lot of people will know us um, by our old name, which was CCPAS, which was the Church's Child Protection Advisory Service. Um, and a lot of churches have been involved with us uh, for safeguarding for, for one, way, one way or another. Um, but we, we recently changed our name last year to be 318, um, which comes from the Bible verse Proverbs 318, um, which talks about speaking out on behalf of the vulnerable uh, and for the rights of those who are voiceless. Um, and so really what we try to do is to support churches in implementing good safeguarding practice um, and for uh, understanding God's heart really for protecting vulnerable people uh, in the spaces that the, the, the church operates. I mean sadly unfortunately where there are children and young people and even older people as well vulnerable people that there are those who will will sort of target them and so on and I guess that that the church is, is uh, and Christian organizations are, are prime areas for that. Um, so obviously what you want to do is really to support before something terrible happens. Yes, that's right. So it's, it's both, um, both really. It's both uh, responsive, um, but also a real focus on preventative as well. And I think you touched on there really the, the nature of church as being a very open place where we encourage anyone to come forward and be a part of, of community within church does make the church a vulnerable place and presents quite a high level of risk and it's, un and it's the church understanding that and what that means for them and how they should then operate um, and to not to be closed, to continue to be open, but to be open in a safe way that's safe for everybody that, that comes. Well if I was the safeguarding lead in, in my church or in a Christian organisation or, or any organisation that you might work with, I, I approach you, what's the first thing that you're going to, to say to me? So it kind of depends. So we recently did a survey of our members to help us understand um, the role of safeguarding lead and what that means. And we were really um, surprised actually to find that some people fulfill that role for over 10 or 15 years. As, um, so you have those who are maybe just starting out, know nothing about the role, um, who've put their hand up and said, yes, I'll volunteer, I'll do the job. Um, they might have a background in teaching or police. Um, right through to those who've had a lot of experience, but really, really there to support them whatever level they're at. So if they need training, if they need support, um, sort of on the basics, we're there. Um, but right up to, we have a 24-hour helpline, so for any sort of queries or concerns, um, whatever experience level safeguarding coordinators are at, they can ring us and they can get support with um, challenges that they're facing. Now, I know if, if people are applying for grants, from whether it be the local authority or any of the other uh, funding sources, they have to uh, provide a policy, you know, because you'll be asked, have you got your safeguarding policy? That's correct, yeah. That can be very daunting, of course, for a lot of people, a lot of organisations. Do you have draft policies that, that you can help people with or hold people's hands whilst they develop their own? Exactly, yeah, it's completely that. So we have a template po policy um, that's been designed specifically with churches in mind, so covering all the areas that churches will operate in. Um, and so members with us can have that policy and can uh, tailor it to what they need. Uh, we also then can hold their hands through that writing policy, getting the information, because it's quite a complex task, trying to <laughs> yes. understand what activities you're doing, what risk assessments you need, all the different elements that form that. Um, and different people come to that, obviously, with different levels of expertise and knowledge. So um, helping people through that process um, is one of, the, one of the services that we provide. Now, obviously, there'll be people listening to us right across the, the UK, across the world right now, and, uh, and they will no doubt know about the importance of having a safeguarding policy. And not just policy, because the policy is no use without practice. Mm. But what are, what are the, the absolutely must 
do's. So if you were if you were counseling somebody and saying these are the things you really start with, you you must do these things. What 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 those things? What would they be? I think for us really, it's and it's why part of the whole reason behind the name change was getting people to understand why safeguarding is so important. I think that's the the starting point really. It's not um, it's not something that's been put on the church. It's not an add-on. It's not red tape. It's Good not practice. kind of extra stuff to. Yeah. That, oh, you know, there's a sense of oh dear, we've got to do something extra. It's not. It's right at the heart of what we do. If we, if, as a church, we're here to protect vulnerable people. We're here to support the broken, to come alongside those who are struggling. Um, and God's heart really is for creating places that are, of safety for people. Um, and I think as churches get that concept that actually this is about how we live out the gospel in the communities we serve, um, it makes the whole process so much easier so that the, the policies you have to implement, the DBS checks you have to do, if, if your heart is set right on what we're trying to do, which is create those places of safety, of, um, of security for people, as God would intend the church to be, um, if we can get that right first, that leads on to so many other, other possibilities. Now, obviously, your, your website is loaded with resources, and that's uh, 318 www. 318.org. That's right. So just uh, spelt as it as words. Yep. And uh, so if people go to the website, obviously I, I did have a look at it myself, and there's loads and loads of resources uh, on there. But I get you also offer a series of training courses, don't you? We do, yes. So a lot of denominations have their own sort of training programs, but there's also in, maybe smaller independent churches, charities who don't have access to um, training. So we provide that. So we provide all um, basic level training in safeguarding children and adults, but also a range of um, expert training as well, an advanced level in different specific areas, such as managing, um, working with offenders, um, uh, different uh, complex topics um, around DBS. So a whole range of um, training that's available for members to uh, access. Well, uh, Peter, thank you very much for joining us on the program. Any final words of encouragement as to why people should check out your website or pick up the phone to, to talk to you guys? Just, I mean, safeguarding can seem a really daunting topic, a really complex issue, um, but whatever stage you're at on that journey, um, whether you are a church, um, a church leader, maybe a, a survivor even, um, we've got support that's, that's right there at your level that you need. So, yeah, do, do, do check us out. So, thank you. That's great. And don't forget to check out that website. That's 318.org.